Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. this honor and joy to sit here with Papa Jack and to be able to talk about three specific things, life, love, and legacy. And uh, we're actually going to start this conversation. This is just kind of a heart-to-heart with Papa Jack. But we're going to start a conversation because some of you have taken the time sending in some question. And one of those questions that came in, and I was going to ask, Papa Jack, if you were to address the 25-year-old Papa Jack Taylor, back in that day, before you were a papa, and to the 25-year, give some wisdom. Somebody is 25 years old today. What would you tell that person? Or what would you tell the old you, the 25-year-old you? I'm glad to be challenged by, by such, a, by such a, an assurance that I can remember that long ago. <laughs> so, so, you know, this is what I'm thinking, what I would say. I would say, Jack or Jackie, be real. Be real. I mean, I, I, I make a lot of jokes on being real. I said, you, you, you're so real. And what I mean is, you're, you're, you're real ugly and <laughs> real dumb and really a lot of things. But I would say, if I have a, a quality that I value, Above others, it was, it was the ability to, to, to be real. People are looking for reality. We know the meaning of words, and sometimes we take advantage of our knowledge of, of words, and we say words we don't mean. We say words designed to win for us friends, and uh, and to make us popular, but. What the world is looking for is reality. And so I, I want to be real. The worst thing that, that could be said of me in my mind is he's not real. And I think we learn this in competitive uh, issues as, as we grow into the ministry and up in the ministry and uh, judge the value of our ministry and, and create an unreal world so that you, you can't trust what each other's saying. And so you, you have to live, which being interpreted means, you know. But also, I mean, many of the people that are watching, I mean, at that age group, and of course, my youngest daughter is almost 25 now. That's my youngest one. They live in a totally different world yeah. than you are living in. They're going to face totally, I mean, totally unreal world. Even with the yeah. news, you don't know yeah. what is true or what not true. So we're living in a whole different world. Yeah. So even for some of them, uh, and I love what you're saying, is the, the very challenge or encouragement to be real, to be authentic, yeah. to to really be you, but a lot of people even struggling. Who am I? Yeah. Who, who am I? And what is real in today's world? Yeah. Who can we trust? Which voice can we trust? Yeah. So, what would you address? What What would you say to that? I would encourage somebody to evaluate themselves from themselves, not to interpret what they think others think of them. Mm. 
because if we do that, we will build on uh, what we think they think of us and we, we will really come out being a false person, being an unreal person. So I, I don't know that I try, but uh, I, I just, I, I want to be myself. But I want that self to be real in, in my mind with God. I, I know that when I pray, God's looking at me and he knows me like I am. He knows everything about me. Mm. And uh, the fact that he accepts me is the greatest feature of love. Wow. I know he loves me. He values me. He, uh, he sees reality in me. So I just even want to encourage, if, if, if you're watching, do you know that he really loves you? Do you know <laughs> that he accepts you? I just even want to challenge some of you ones that send that question and, and getting back to looking in the mirror and see you the way Papa God sees you. Another thing that, another question that came in, uh, because I know you're 87 and I've been on a journey with you for the last 20 years. And I watch because we're talking about life today, real life. And that's when you talk about the authentic. We talk about love and we also talk about legacy. How do you handle loss? How do you handle disappointment? How do you handle discouragement? Or have you actually had any loss, disappointment and discouragement? If we're not careful, we will feature that victorious Christian living is living without pressure. The absolute opposite is true. When I come to God and I said, God, I really want to get serious about you. I really want to get serious about life. I want to become, in a way, as valuable to you as you are to me. Because that's a feature we, we lose in God if we see him on a throne ruling and never getting down into the tough things of life with us. And uh, so I learned to face loss when I lost my first child. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't tell this story much because there have been so many losses since, you know. But my first son died at uh, two days old and I, I remember that loss and it made such a mark on me of, of health, real health, to respond to a loss with the knowledge that life is a life of losses. Mm. And I think in our conversation here a bit ago, we, we said we learn if we're going to gain, we learn to lose. Mm. We can only hold or be so much. So we have to lay aside some things and, and that goes for things, our people we've lost. I, there's no way I can downplay the value of that baby as, as I held that baby, knowing that that baby was dying and uh, trying to breathe with him until actually I, I had pain in my chest. And so I, I watched him die. 
and uh, that was loss. But the values that came out of that loss were such that it began to teach me how to handle loss. Mm. So uh, let me just uh, uh, look into the camera and say, if you're going to gain, you're going to lose. And if you're going to gain new truth, you gain it generally by the painful loss of that which while it's true still, there are more things ready for you in growing in God that wait on your willingness to lose. And uh, of course, my wife and I were married 47 and a half years. This is my first wife. And uh, Barbara and I were deeply in love. Mm. And uh, she was uh, pronounced with cancer. And uh, she was sweeter and more valuable to me in the days between then and her dying. So, uh, and I, I married again uh, in, in not long mm. and uh, lost her to cancer. And I remember very clearly because that was even, a, I'm not saying more painful because it's not, but it was a different type of loss for you. Yeah, and I remember yeah. when that hit you. <clears throat> yes. So explain that because I remember the trip there, but <clears throat> what was the difference of those two losses in a sense? Mm, that's, a, that's a challenging question. I may have answered it and not known it, but uh, the loss was deeper, mm. the second loss or the, the third, if you count my, the loss of my uh, son. Uh, but uh, I, was, I was looking for love and someone to love. And uh, I, I think that's God looking for someone to love. And so I, I have the capacity to love. And... Uh, so I, I married um, someone I had known in the past. Uh, in fact, on, on my staff when I pastored. And uh, the manner in which she died was very unusual because she had a massive stroke. And I was 6,000 miles from home with her. And uh, she uh, fell ill, had a massive stroke that uh, took her, well, when I walked in the hospital in, uh, in, in uh, uh, Fiji, Fiji uh, and, and uh, th- they were examining her, her uh, x-ray, her uh, scan, her brain scan, and it was, it was dark. It was a, a, a bright side. And then it turned dark. And uh, I realized that uh, it was over. And uh, so I I sat with her then after we got home. uh, I remember it cost $45,000 to get her home. But that wasn't too much to have to pay just to get her home and let her see her children. And, And... she had such a touch from God that uh, she was able to talk. Uh, we had worked out a, a kind of a, a basic uh, 
information exchange. But uh, when my son flew over to, uh, to where we were, he said, Dad, we're going home. I said, no, son, I don't think you understand. She's too sick to fly. But in two days, well, I walked in the next day, and she was talking in understandable language. And we began to call her family uh, back in America, 6,000 miles away. And, uh, and she lived like that until she died. She could talk and have some understanding. But uh, loss by the nature of it, if it is to achieve in us what God lets it happen to achieve, it has to be worse than the one before mm. as far as the features are concerned. Wow. So that, that uh, I don't know whether that's, I don't even know whether that's clear to me or not, much less to people who are listening to me. But loss is a part of life. Mm. Jesus came and he gained for us salvation through his losses. He died for me. That's the way it works. And so when we catch that, and began to live for each other and willing to die for each other. That's love. That's and I, I don't know whether I lost the thought or not, but... Uh, no, I think it was yeah. very clear, Papa, and it's, uh, uh, I think for a lot of us at least that yeah. either people are on a journey towards either facing loss, maybe yeah. they're in the middle of loss, yeah. or perhaps they're on the way out of loss. But I think at least it, it's giving... Uh, I think both purpose to be able to face it so that, that they're going to be able to become overcomers in the middle of it. And especially this year where I think that even people's dreams and people's yes. hopes and people's desire, family in the middle of all this chaos and we all are facing certain types of losses and disappointments and all those things. And that's why it's good to sit with a general and to be able to see somebody that has navigated that well, but also got the nutrients that you actually can say that God used all of these things out for good because I love him and I'm a call according to his purpose. I have a, I just going to change a little bit of the topic because uh, one of the joy I've had with you has been able to sit down for you know, for 20 years, but to hearing stories about a lot of the people you met, a lot of the journey, because we're talking about life, love, and legacy. But I'm thinking about just some of the people you met that has added value to your life. And so I'm going to throw some names there just for a few moments because we've had that conversation. But Corey Ten Boom, Hayden Place. How did you meet Corey Ten Boom? Yeah. How did you know about it? And what was, for some of us that have just read a book or heard a story? I, I don't remember how we met or why we met. I do remember that as pastor, I had the confidence uh, of, of having her ear. Um, she knew who I was. And so I asked her to be in my church. And she came. And she was a signal blessing. I remember when she came, we were dealing with demons uh, in our church. And we're going to have to get back there. Yeah. We're going to have to learn to 
to practice mastery over the worst the devil has. Mm. And, and to do it, we're going to have to face the truth about uh, the fact of, of, of the devil and demons. And we were dealing with a young lady, a precious young lady. We just couldn't get free. And I remember uh, taking her to see Miss Corey, who was living, who was living with some of my people at the time. <clears throat> and she said, "Demon, come out of her." <laughs> it was over. So I, I learned from Corey Ten Boom <laughs> that it wasn't how loud you yelled or how much you believed. It was just that you had confidence in being a representative of somebody who had mastered you. And, and the devil got reminded real quick. And it was gone. It was over. It was done. Mm. That's, that's from Corey Ten Boom. You probably would mention another uh, lady. Uh, Bertha Smith. Bertha Smith. <laughs> and Bertha Smith was a career missionary, 45 years in China. And... Uh, she lived to be, she, she didn't count on dying. She thought she was going to meet the Lord in the air. And I remember people asking Miss uh, uh, Bertha, Miss um, Bertha, do you, do you expect to die? She said, oh, no, no. If I die, it'll be the disappointment of my life. <laughs> but she did, she did die. She did die at 99 years and nine months. Uh. Uh, but uh, I invited Miss Bertha to my church. She came in and asked three questions. Have you been born again? Well, I said, she need not ask that because all of my people have been <laughs> born again. Well, a lot of them hadn't been. <laughs> Some deacons hadn't been. Yeah. And a lot of young people. And so people got saved. And uh, I, I bragged on the fact I said, you know, it'll help a deacon to get saved. It'll help a young person <laughs> who's in rebellion to get saved. And uh, it just helps. And uh, so then she asked, have you, have you been filled with the Spirit? Mm -hmm. Now, I believed in the Holy Spirit. And, and I, believe that, uh, I believe that you could be filled. But uh, I just didn't want the embarrassment of acting weird and strange. You know. <laughs> but uh, when she got through with us, uh, really facing us with who we were and what we were without the Spirit, then I, I, we got filled with the Spirit. All my staff got filled with the Spirit. I remember my, my associate, who was a man of numbers. Mm -hmm. He made his success with size of Sunday school and so on. And, uh, but we were called to go back and just do business with God in the choir room. And we probably had 20, 25 people there. And, uh, my associate was under the grand piano and he was weeping. Oh, he was crying. He said, I, I, I want to be filled with the spirit and I want to feel it when it happens. And then, then he just burst into tears and he was a different man from then on. Yeah. The, the, the next question she asked was one that was an investment in the future because he doesn't say to you, be filled with the Spirit, be filled. 
Well, you get filled. If you mean business, you get filled. But what about the future? And the question she asked that really helped me was, are you being filled right now? And I learned how to stay filled once you are filled. And that the command to be filled really was a, was a present tense, continuous issue. Be being filled with the Spirit. Now, that's what keyed off the great revival in my church in which we saw probably 3,000 people, 3,000 people saved in two or three years. We were uh, back in San Antonio about 50 years ago. Bertha Smith had just asked three simple questions. Asked, what does it mean to be born again? be filled with the Spirit, and to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I wanted to ask you, what actually happened? What were some of the fruits? What was some of the transformation? And How did this revival in San Antonio, how did this affect lives, uh, businesses? Well, I, I had Miss Bertha in because I know that she, as a Southern Baptist, would talk about being filled with the Spirit. Well, she did more than that. <laughs> she, she dealt with being saved. Have you been born again? And I, I learned that it, it really helps. It really helps to be saved if you're going to be filled with the Spirit, you know. People are looking for an extra experience when they're not, uh, when they're not solid about the primary experience of being born again. And so when we answered that, got over the doubts, and we're filled with the Spirit. The question she then asked, uh, have you been saved? Have you been filled with the Spirit? Are you being filled now? And we walked into the, into the presence of the present. God is now filling me with the Spirit. The thought, I mean, I just awakened to this uh, a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe less than a year, but the verse came to me, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will also quicken your mortal bodies. Well, now I'm, I'm a sick man, you know. And so God says, I live in you. I'm filling you. That ought to have some meaning in, in the nature of your physical existence. We're not to God three people. We are a present tense person with a past, with a future, but we're living in the now. And so we, we learned that. And uh, I, I saw people born again who made more progress in days than I remember uh, having in years when I was growing into uh, what I was supposed to be. But uh, that, uh, that revival reshaped uh, the relationship. And out of that came this, this knowledge, not only that I was lived in, by the life of God, which was 
Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The whole family lives in me and you. Yeah, it's it's God's small group. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And uh, I I learned to, uh, I'm, I'm learning to move in that realm and, uh, and, and to teach others how to do it. And it, it majors itself. Uh, well, that's the best thing I can think to say. But yeah, uh, you, you don't have to worry about what you major on because the life that majors on itself is the life of God in you. So God is announcing his presence, explaining his presence, and uh, we don't need to live on information alone, but on the revelation of God who lives in me. So that I read the Bible and he talks to me and, and, and you, and uh, it's for everybody. But out of that came a salvation that was clearer and better understood, better explained than before. And throw the kingdom in the mix. Jesus said before he left, seek first. That's what I'm to be busy seeking. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. And so that the thing I'm to say to you that's most uh, vital you and, and the day and everybody who lives today. Be filled with the Spirit, not just experientially in an event, but be filled with the Spirit on a continuous basis as you and God, as two different and yet joined people, God and man, as God lives his life in you, minding his own business in you. And so that, that still resounds out of that, out of that meeting and uh, going, going through. Share, share a few of the stories that happen. I know some of the testimony that's just remarkable because I know life was changed, marriages was changed, yeah. but even the temperature in the darkest clubs in the town, city, yeah. was affected by this simple thing. So describe, because I think we need that again on a different level, but we need it again. When I began to when I began to pray, I, I don't know why I prayed this. I'm sure God put it in my heart. Uh, God save the worst people. Would you save the worst people in town? Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be impressive. <laughs> well, uh, it didn't take longer time to tell it than. But we got acquainted with the with the couple who ran the Green Gate. Club, which was uh, uh, in the in the top uh, on, on the top floor, was the was the uh, place where they drank, and uh, in the lower floor in the basement was where they watched the girls undress. So it was a striptease club, and uh, and she was the teacher of the. She would go to a five and dime store, and uh, and find a beautiful shapely uh, young thing selling five and ten cent stuff. And uh, she said, would you like to make ten times what you're making right now? And she would come in and train them to be strippers 
And uh, so we went into that culture and this couple got saved. Mm -hmm. Got saved, can you understand? They were owners of this club, she the trainer of the strippers, and they got saved. Mm -hmm. And they, the change was so impressive, so powerful, that my church was touched and blessed. And uh, uh, finally, three, four, at least four clubs were closed mm -hmm. because their owners had been saved. Mm -hmm. Two of them owned by this couple and then another by one of their trainees. But ultimately, before I left town, the worst in the worst club then was closed because the owner uh, was saved having had cancer. I remember the name of it was Dante's Inferno, <laughs> and it was the bad one. And uh, all of that happened. And uh, and that was connected to the three questions. Oh yeah, Bertha Smith. It, yeah, all it of that. Went back to, it went back to what happened to the, my staff and me. Yeah. And. Uh, and the revival. So you're actually saying it's a good time for the pastor first, oh, lead yeah. pastor to get touched by the Holy Spirit, it and is. then the staff, and then yeah. the deacons get saved. That's a good yeah. starting point. Yeah, and yeah. Then... <laughs> I told my deacons, I said, it'll make a better deacon out of you when you get saved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm also a little curious because, I mean, <clears throat> now that's about 50 years ago, Toronto, 1994. Yeah. As you know, both Heidi Baker, myself, or two, two lives that was transformed. And but you were even involved there. And I remember somebody because I was in Europe. I didn't know who you were back then. Six years before I met you, but somebody said Jack Taylor thinks this is God. And I still remember I, I was in Europe six years before. I knew who you were. So it was almost like you had this thing from the evangelical realm that Jack knows the word. If this is a God thing that Jack Taylor nods his head, then other people could be open to receive it from the mm -hmm. evangelical realm. So tell me a little bit about Toronto and I think both your relationship to Randy Clark, Bill Johnson, and other one is kind of connected to a lot of the people. Yeah, and by the way, by meeting um, Randy and Bill and, and others who have become my sons, uh, I uh, I was going through things uh, of my own, mm. and uh, this this was one of them. And uh, I uh, I'm, I'm trying to pick up a time in my life uh, when that came to me. I uh, huh? Ask the question again. Yeah, because if I take you back to January 1994 is yeah. when the outpouring yeah. of Toronto okay. actually took place. Now I have it. Yeah. Yeah, I picked it up. Uh, I knew what a move of God looked like yeah. over against what I thought it looked like before I'd seen it. Yeah. But when I saw it from within it, mm. I, I felt a relationship with God mm. that, I, that I had only a part of or to a measure. See, I, th I think revival is not just being saved. Yeah. It's finding out what being saved means. Mm. It's not just believing in being filled with the Spirit. It's absolutely being filled yeah. and living in the overflow of the filling. So that when people told you of something, you weren't critical of it, 
from the standpoint that it wasn't like something you had. But uh, when I heard of Toronto, mm. read about it in Time magazine and and uh, uh, U.S. News and World Report and and uh, newspaper reports, I said that's that's God, and I went, and it happened again in me. Mm. I was touched. I was. <laughs> I was Were you on the floor? Yes, I was. Did on, you laugh? I was, yeah. No, my <laughs> wife laughed. She laughed, Barbara laughed. No, you, could, you could hear my wife laughing <laughs> two blocks away. But uh, I, I, I fell, she laughed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you didn't go through that thing without something unusual happening. Mm. And uh, I think that's what put it on the map. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm believing on that basis that we are near right now, today, in the month of January, 2020. My goodness, 2021. 2021. We wow. are on the edge of the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen, including Pentecost. This one will out Pentecost Pentecost. Yeah, and uh, I think just knowing that you you can smell when there's yes. rain because you were there in San Antonio, you've seen Toronto, you've seen Pensacola, you've seen outpourings over these. I had the honor of calling you every day when we had a little outpouring at Ankeny and the spirit moved and so we've both seen this and, and we are recognizing you can smell there is about to become a fresh, there's rain in the air. You can feel it and a heavenly rain and outpouring like we've never seen before. And I think that this is so important for the people that are watching because so many people have been distracted by what the enemy is doing because they don't recognize what yeah. God is doing. And now at the age of 87, do you believe you're going to be able to see that next move, yeah. the, the birthing of this next move? Yeah, I think I have a promise from God that uh, I think I'll live to be 100. Uh, if, if I don't, I'll, I'll be disappointed, but it'll not be for long mm. because I'll be introduced, reintroduced to my mom and my sister and my brothers and my dad and a lot of others. But uh, uh, I believe that our position ought to be God is in this whole thing, influencing the world. And, and for us to take sides and, and to lose fellowship with one another over feeling different about, about uh, politics is beside the point. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just, in my last meeting with my sons, and I'll repeat it again today uh, as I talk to them, is, hey, uh, God knows what's happening. He's at the root of it. Uh, we, we wouldn't have believed if we'd lived in Job's day that God was in all that was happening in Job. Didn't realize he was putting the devil on the stage <laughs> to make a fool out of him and then to beat him to, to death as, as he answered the prayers of Job. But uh, I believe... It's time to say, God, I'm yours. I thank you for what you're doing, and I want to be right in it mm. with you. I don't have to take sides. Uh, I'll take your side. That way I'll not have to ever change sides. Mm. And that's where I am. 
the leaving that on the, on the verge. I just thought about because I just mentioned some names to you. Bill Johnson, Bethel, yeah. and just, uh, I know you, for about 20 years have been connected, but even to see what's happening there with Bethel and how that's influencing yeah. the world, or Randy Clark with yeah. just people like myself and Heidi Baker, there's so much change and global awakening and you're connected. So when you're seeing a lot of these things that God is birthing in this season, what, what, what do you feel? Because I know you admire so much uh, both some of these apostolic fathers, but also the way they are living and loving and are an example yeah. in this move. Well, I think what God has are the effects of, of real revival, yeah. of the move of the Holy Spirit. The less we interchange with the Holy Spirit living in us, the more we are above the fray we don't want to get in the fights that everybody's going to lose uh, if we don't turn to God. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but it's not about my side winning. It's about the fact that there is a God who rules this outfit and knows exactly what he's allowing and what he's doing, and he lives in us to relate to us through it all. What are some of the things that you're the most excited about in this season? Well, my, I guess it would be the friends that, uh, that are coming to new relationships and necessarily new relationships with one another. And uh, I, I, it's something, it's such a mixture of joy and peace, and, and power, yeah, uh, an expectation that it's really hard to explain. It's wonderful. And this has been good to take a trip through the past. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> when we take the Lord's Supper, we look three ways. We look to the past to remember. We look to the future to anticipate and caught between remembering and anticipating we celebrate the the sufficiency the totality of Christ and we live from there mm. and that's that's where we are on the edge of God's goodness mm. about to flood the earth and it will mean millions if not a billion people saved in the earth. I really believe that. And even just last night, we sat and talked some stories and oh. things that we even cannot even say online here. But if <laughs> I, I was thinking about Habakkuk 1.5, it says, look among the nations and see what I am doing and be utterly amazed because I'm doing something in your days. You wouldn't even believe it if you yeah. were told. It's yeah. that kind of a thing that... At the moment, as we were sitting and talking about just some story of what God is doing within government, what he's doing within the movie industry, but what God is doing in the darkest places in the world, we were just sitting last night and being overwhelmed. It's, it's an overwhelming time to be alive. Yeah, I have a lot of people ask, what, what, what is, is going on? Well, what's going on is God is ruling. And what you're seeing uh, is, is the result 
or are the results of God moving? And that, that's all we need to know. We don't, we don't need to know the details. We just need to know that we believe in the kingdom. And the kingdom is God rules. And God made us to rule. And, uh, and we, we're coming into our own. And, uh, and just color me excited. But part of the reason you're able to do that is that to some degree you're not too distracted by what a devil is doing and you're not so much distracted by what God is not doing. To some degree you're seeing what Papa God is doing. So, uh, so if you are looking from the kingdom lenses and seeing what God is up to, what, what God is doing, what would you say to a lot of people that are distracted by all of these different things that's going on? How can they be able to uh, get in on what God is doing and stepping into the kingdom and seeking first his kingdom? What would be a, an advice? You're going to be in on it. Mm. Just be in on it in the right place, you know. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Yeah. Don't, don't try to build a new idea of God. Don't try to get God to come where you are. You go where he is. Mm. You say to him, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't pray that. As a, as, a, as a group, it winds up being, uh, do it here in me. Mm. I, I want to be revived. I want to see my world revived, but excuse me, I want to come to my relationship uh, up to date with God mm. and real. And uh, that's what I want to, I, I'd be willing to die anywhere in the midst of that but I'm not quite through. Yeah. yeah. Papa Jack, it is such an honor just to sit here and I have the honor of doing this and I wish that uh, we have some cameras with us sometimes for hours after hours just because I would love to share these moments, the wisdom, so much of the gold nuggets that is coming out of your life and it's part of the reason we wanted to invest this time with our family for them to get in on it. But I do, I do remember about three years ago, I was so overwhelmed of stuff going on in the Middle East, what's going on in my body. It was just in the middle of so many storms. And I remember you just came behind me and remind me about your message that I use now about the rod that is known all over the world. But you said, son, I want you just to lay down your rod and pick up God's rod. And you stood behind me, massaged my shoulder, and then you released peace. And I just feel like a lot of people that can lay down your ability, your stresses, your burden, your pressure, your finances, and pick up God's ability, God's wisdom, God's peace, God's joy just like I did three years ago. That picture came to my spirit. But I remember when you just prayed for me and something shifted that moment and it is still going on. In the middle of when I'm getting overwhelmed, I lay down and then I get to pick up something. Wow. So I wanted you just to look at this camera and bless these people with the Father's blessing. Bless them to lay down their rod and then pick up God's rod in this season because as long as we're holding up God's rod, the environment is changing. Light is penetrating darkness. Love is beating fear. So Papa, could you do that? Look at this camera and just bless the people or family watching. I want you to look into my face and I, I want you to see what's in my heart. I, I'm a man of peace. I'm a man of expectation. Uh, I'm a man of inner joy. My uh, personality does not carry uh, that uh, joy as I, as I wished it could. Uh, my personality is about as exciting as a carrot. Uh, 
But uh, I want to be real, and I want to tell you that God wants to relate to you as God, not as what your idea of God is. But God wants to touch you. If you're not saved, he wants to get to the root of everything in your life and bring you to himself in salvation. If you are saved, he want, He has saved you to bring you to the highest state of life. And that's kingdom life. That's life under the dominance of the Spirit of God, who is God alive today. And I want to challenge you to say yes to God who is your Father. Yes to everything He wants to be in you because He is eager to do that and I bless you with the Father's blessing. And this, this is a, in part the Father's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and to show you favor. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And you're sitting there, standing there, or lying there. You say, what does that mean? That means you want him to be all that he exists to make you everything you were made to be. Invite him to do that. And he's happy to start life a new for you. And every morning will be a new start. Every hour will be a new start. He is in the process of saving you, which means that he saved you and he gifted you with the Holy Spirit who was, as it were, the down payment, promising, promising God's perfect salvation in the end. And, and, that's, that's what revival is. Have revival. Look to God. Praise him for being your father and be excited about being his child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I just wanted to bless the people that are out there with a very, uh, that 2021 is going to be your best year ever and I just said that you're no longer going to have a good day or a bad day but you're only going to have grace days grace to enjoy but also the grace to endure so get ready for grace in Jesus name thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's episode you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.